This is Jake Whitko, and you're listening to Bubble Team. Here, we'll take an in-depth look into the pandemic world of sports. We'll cover your favorite professional sports like baseball, football, hockey, basketball. We'll go in-depth on the sidelines and take a look at collegiate sports as well. And believe it or not, we'll step into the squared circle and take a look at the wide world of professional wrestling. So sit back, relax, and remember, your favorite teams are coming back. This is Bubble Team. Hey, everybody, you found it. You're listening to Bubble Team. I'm Jake Whitco. And I'm Justin Blum. And today we are going to be exploring the Major League Baseball season of 2020 and everything that went in with that in regards to how they handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I know that this is my number one 1A sport. Uh, I follow the Major League Baseball season almost every single year. I follow it the same intensity that I follow the NHL seasons. So I do know quite a bit about this information, so we'll be talking a little bit more about that. I might... Uh, commandeer some of the conversation uh, from you, Justin. I do apologize ahead of time. Oh, no, you're good, man. Um, but uh, I am a very big Major League Baseball fan. Um, I have been since I was a little kid. I've been a, a huge Pittsburgh Pirate fan my entire life. Mm. I know that's very odd to hear from a lot of people, especially considering how bad the Pirates have been pretty much my <laughs> entire life. But every year feels like a rebuild. So that's always something interesting to look out for. Hey, they got some of the best uniform uniforms in baseball, though. You know it. They're, we're always on top of that game right there. Um, but, yeah, and they also have one of the most beautiful ballparks in America. I can't mm-hmm. recommend enough that once uh, this is back to a semblance of normal in this country, if you have the opportunity to go to uh, a game at PNC Park, do it immediately. Go, like, midsummer and stay, go for an evening game and watch all the lights come on over the city. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Do it while you're holding a Permani sandwich in one hand and a Yingling beer in the other, and I promise you, you'll have a great time, even if the Pirates lose by 20. Um, but, yeah, so we're here. We're talking about the 2020 MLB season, and uh, this is a very interesting season to be talking about of the uh, the four major sports Uh, It's going to be the only one that played all of its games in 2020. Uh, The NFL started pretty much on time and they're at, they're playing a season that pretty much mimics a real NFL season. Uh, So they will cross over into 2021. Uh, The ML or the NHL and NBA seasons both started in 2019 and wrapped up in uh, 2020 and their 2021 or 2020 and 2021 seasons go into the following year as well. So it's very interesting. A lot of cool information here about how major league baseball decided to go about it. Um, especially because they made a lot of rule changes that nobody thought that they would see in, uh, MLB for a long time. Now, um, we're just going to hop right into it. Uh, the 2020 Major League Baseball season was uh, preempted for the first time in um, uh, quite a long time, actually. The last time that MLB games were put on hold was in 2001. Uh, the league paused for a week uh, after the September 11th attacks. So that was the first time since 2001 that a league or the MB, the MLB did not start on time or did not 
they paused the starting of games in general uh, because the MLB season was supposed to start in late April. Um, and it was, uh, or I'm sorry, it was uh, supposed to be originally, I think it was late March, wasn't it? It was, it was late March. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, I was misreading some of my information here. Uh, the full 162 game season for major league baseball was scheduled to begin March 26. I also got my March and April mixed up in my brain mm-hmm. calendar. So, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> it was supposed to start March 26. However, due to the pandemic, uh, March 12th, they announced that they would be pausing spring training and the rest of it would be canceled and they would delay the start of the regular season by at least two weeks. However, that lasted until July 23rd, mm-hmm. um, July 23rd or July 1st is when spring training resumed and they called it summer camp, uh, which is pretty funny because they normally call training camps, um, a tr- like a spring training camp. They called this one summer camp, summer quote, camp. Unquote, like it's a camp, which is cute, but you know, also like they're trying to play baseball in the middle of a pandemic. So, <laughs> um, the league decided that they, instead of 162 game season, which, would have dragged out probably until November, considering the delay of the season. They would play a 60-game regular season that would begin on July 23rd. The All-Star Game would be canceled. Uh, Dodger Stadium was supposed to host the game. Uh, It would now host the 2022 All-Star Game. This is an interesting fact because uh, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit here. If you're not aware, the Los Angeles Dodgers won their first uh, World Series championship since mm-hmm. 1988 this year. They would have been the first team to host the All-Star Game and win the All-Star Game in the same season. Um, because the All-Star Game didn't happen, that didn't happen, um, nope. which is kind of a shame because it's a really interesting, neat coincidence. But um, at the same time, it's you know it, it, the, the All-Star Game itself didn't happen and the Dodgers ended up winning. So it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing, too, is that uh, with the regular season starting, uh, with, uh, with only 60 games scheduled to be playing, uh, to save pitchers which who did not have the same amount of time they would normally have in spring training or uh, spring camp to get loose and warm, the MLB decided to implement the designated hitter in the National League for the first time in its history. Uh, it led to more runs across the board on average in every game. Uh, it also led to higher batting averages for teams in general because the pitchers' averages were not uh, dragging down the roster. Unless nope. you're the Pirates, their roster average is already terrible <laughs> to begin with. I'm going to be throwing a lot of jabs Pittsburgh's way, guys. Just deal with it. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm <laughs> As a huge Pirates fan, I'm bitter, but I'm always bitter about it. So, you know. Congratulations, Dodgers fans. Congratulations, Rays fans. Rays, I hope you enjoy Austin Meadows and uh, Tyler Glass now. Oof. Um, so, yeah. Um, all 30 teams participated in this season. Uh, that was almost not the case, as uh, the Canadian federal government denied the Toronto Blue Jays the opportunity to play their games at home in the Rogers Centre in Toronto, where they normally play their games. Uh, so instead, anyone on the Blue Jays team was relocated to uh, America, and they still needed to figure out where they were going to play those games. Uh, originally, they had talked with the Pittsburgh Pirates 
and the Detroit Tigers about possibly playing their games in their home stadiums when the Tigers and Pirates were not at their homes. Uh, however, uh, both of those teams were denying, or both of those teams denied the uh, uh, Blue Jays that opportunity, and they ended up playing at Salem Field in Buffalo. It's home of their AAA affiliate, the Buffalo Bisons. Uh, so professional major league baseball games have been played at a triple a stadium for the first time, uh, in the history of major league baseball. Um, at least in the history of the live ball era. Mm-hmm. Um, also the other rule that was changed for the, uh, 2020 season was the playoffs were expanded to a 16 team playoff postseason tournament. Uh, this is the first time that the teams have been expanded and, uh, since they added the, uh, the wild card, to the ML or the multiple wild cards to the MLB. Um, and they had decided that the world series would be, um, I'm sorry, that all of the playoff games would be held at, uh, neutral sites with the world series beginning play at globe life field, which is a brand new stadium in Arlington, Texas, home of the Texas Rangers. Um, so now that we got all that information out of the way, we'll get into more of what happened with the regular season here. Um, Justin, before we get into the more of the information here, what, uh, what about how the MLB handled the resuming of the season, uh, stuck out to you? So one thing that really caught my attention during the 2020 major league baseball season, at least in terms of how they handled, uh, the, uh, the, the spreading of COVID was how, What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, how how they really implement? I mean, how they implemented their uh, rules and their restrictions. I mean, sometimes, I mean, like who was uh, Jake? You might know. who was it? It was I know it was a it was actually a couple pitchers on the Cleveland Indians. If you remember this, they got sent home because they violated COVID poli- the COVID policies. Yes, it was uh, uh, Mike, was it- Mike Clevenger. Yes, Clevenger and, and Plesak, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Zach Plesak? And uh, as we mentioned before, we're not trying to take any of this politically. However, um, that was their arguments for not taking it seriously at all. They did not believe that um, the mandates that were le- or sent out and the, uh, the COVID protocols by the MLB were necessary for themselves. Uh, they felt it was a rights violation uh, when it... it when you know it was a league-wide uh mandate so take that as you will Mm -hmm. um it led to mike clevenger being traded from the cleveland indians who were also trying to cut uh payroll so this helped them a little bit as well to the san diego padres um however uh please still ended up staying with the uh the cleveland indians yeah um but you're right. It, it was interesting. Uh, I do know that a, a bubble was pitched as an idea for the MLB. Uh, it was a idea that was pitched, but uh, many of the players felt that it was um, too seclusive. They were worried about seeing their families. They were worried about their way of lives, uh, especially um, since a lot of a lot of MLB players do not necessarily live in the cities that they play their games in. Um, which 
is a little odd. I, I know that you're thinking, hey, if you guys spend so much time there, you should probably have a home there. But I know some players fly in for like a week, and then when they're off for their couple days, they fly home and spend their time with their families. And you got to think if they started with one team, and then they bought a house there, and they started a family, and they don't want to move mm-hmm. their family, they're moving all over. That is the uh, the conundrum whenever you play professional sports. So with the Players League rejecting the bubble team idea, which was originally uh, proposed to be at the uh, Arizona spring training site. Uh, I know in the Arizona spring training facility, there's four or five different teams that have a um, facilities down there that are all kind of like right next to each other. I know that the Cubs and the Diamondbacks have ones that are right next to each other. Um there was a possible schedule that was pro- or proposed to the players that it would just be a uh, 30, um, uh, what's it called? Um, a 30 game regular season that would be played within a month that would only be played against players in your division or uh, your, yeah, your division. So you would play 30 games against all four other teams in your division. And then when the playoffs start, uh, it would be these teams would be seeing other teams for the first time ever uh, that season. So it would have made every single game during the regular season that they played that much more meaningful. And you would see a lot of teams that maybe didn't necessarily have the best rosters be able to get on a hot streak and uh, sneak their way into the new 16 team playoffs. Um, however, the um, after the disagreements happened, uh, the league settled on the 60 game regular season that we saw the owners voted unanimously to impose the 60 game plan, uh, on June 22nd. Um, and, uh, it, a lot of, a lot of these arguments came down to how the players would be paid, uh, mainly because the, the teams were hoping to pay a prorated rate. Uh, whereas the players, uh, felt that, uh, since they were playing a full season, they deserved what their salary would be. Uh, a decision was came or was negotiated, and on June 23rd, uh, both teams, both sides, the owners and the players' union, uh, agreed to show up to camp on July 1st and agreed to the health and safety protocols. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot to go through right there. <laughs> uh, the MLB was the only one really, really fighting. Uh, amongst their players about how they were going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they decided that 40 games would be played against uh, division rivals or not division rivals, sorry, against uh, divisional teams or um, league teams. I'm sorry. Um, teams would then play six games against their natural rival, which is a weird thing in baseball that they try to implement. Like, say the Astros and the Rangers were in the AL and NL. Whenever they got into interleague play, they would be playing each other as a natural rival, which I guess is fun for, you know, Houston and Dallas, but uh, around the league, no one's like, Oh yeah, the Astros and Rangers hate each other. Like, no, it's just games that they would have played. The other 20 games of that 60 game schedule were interleague games. Um, You saw a lot of this. I I know that, um, the Tigers were supposed to play the Cardinals and they had some, uh, some, uh, COVID-19 issues. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more here. Um, or it wasn't the, sorry, it wasn't the Tigers, but we'll get it. It's, I know it was the Cardinals, but they had a game. It was up to the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they had games against, um, 
an American that, League team that they had problems with. Yeah. Um, I do know that the COVID product or the COVID nineteen pandemic actually kind of ruined some really interesting things that were going to happen with the MLB this year. Um, some of these games have been postponed. Uh, they will be replayed at another date, but um, every year the MLB does games in London. Uh, there's at least they've started to do games in London. They did some last year between the Red Sox and Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, and they call it the London series. And this year would have been the Cubs and the Cardinals, which would have been a fun series to see considering both of those teams made the playoffs. Um, and it would have been played at London stadium. Um, this, these two teams may not be returning for next year's event. Uh, however, the London series will continue. Uh, the MLB canceled a MLB little league classic that they play every year. Um, it usually starts, uh, they play it the day before the MLB world series tournament begins. Um, in the past, it's been teams like the Pittsburgh pirates and, uh, Cincinnati reds and, um, uh, a couple other teams as well. Let me see if I can find that really quickly here. I believe I have that in my notes. Um, yeah. Red Sox, Baltimore Orioles, um, Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, Mets, and Philadelphia Phillies. Those are a couple of the other games that have happened before. Um, And then the one that I was super excited about that got canceled, um, while it may not be my favorite baseball movie, it's still a very good baseball movie. Uh, The MLB canceled a MLB at the Field of Dreams game. Oh yeah, I remember that. That, I was so so excited for that. I I was like, oh my gosh. One of my... uh, it's definitely up like you. It's definitely up there in my tier of favorite uh, baseball movies. It's no major league. It's no. Um, it's no Moneyball. It's no, no. Uh, Rookie of the Year. It's no Bull Durham. I'm, I'm naming like thirty baseball movies before I get to Field of Dreams. <laughs> but uh, Field of Dreams is still a good baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it would have been really cool because they were actually going to play in an eight thousand seat stadium built. Uh, on the farm site of the movie Field of Dreams. Yep. Uh, on location. Yep. The game's still going to be played in 2021. It's going to be between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago White Sox, the two teams that were mentioned in the movie as well. And it's just neat. Like, you, like when they do things like this, like, these games actually matter. Like, it, it's cool. They they add um, – it's like when the NHL does the Winter Classic games or um, uh, the NFL does the, uh, the the London games or the Mexico games. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, also, um, there was going to be a Mexico series, uh, that would have featured the uh, San Diego Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, as well as the, uh, New York Mets and Miami Marlins Marlins. Sorry. Uh, the Mets and Marlins would have played in San Juan, Puerto Rico in a Puerto Rico series, whereas mm-hmm. the Padres and Diamondbacks were going to play in, um, uh, Mexico city. So that those are always fun too. You, you don't get to see those happen all the time. Um, it's sad that this thing came or this pandemic, this thing, the pandemic came around and uh, knocked them, knocked the season out, like made them scale back like crazy. Cause it would have been fun to see a lot of these games, but with the safety of the players being concerned, the safety of the fans being in concern, uh, they made the right decisions to do this. 
Um, some other changes, and I know I'm I'm rattling off tons of changes that the MLB made. You got to remember the MLB does a 162 game season. The mm-hmm. MLB had to condense so much humanly possible. MLB rosters are 40 man rosters, uh, and they also have to worry about the 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 minor league rosters, all the players that are under control of these teams. There's so much more than just a um, uh, what what is the standard uh, NBA roster. About 15. Yeah, about 15 players, and then you add the coaches and training staff. Uh, MLB has the same amount of coaches and training staff, then plus 40, uh, 40 additional players, plus players in the minors, plus players on the uh, the uh, travel team. Uh, the travel team this year was a response to not being able to have uh, a minor league system going to replace players that get injured or have COVID as well. Um. One of the other major things that happened this year, um, and I don't know if this was necessarily a COVID restriction. Um, they point to COVID as the reason for this, but the 2020 Major League Baseball draft was supposed to be 40 rounds. It was reduced to five. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there wasn't a lot of high school and college baseball played at the end of the seasons last year for uh, players to be ready for the drafts. So the players that were ready, they weren't able to scout as much as they normally do, which led to the uh, draft being reduced by 35 rounds. Which is crazy when you think about it. Which is absolutely crazy. It's also crazy to think about that the Major League Baseball has 40 rounds of a draft. But, (laughs) I mean, you know, half dozen, or six six eggs, half dozen the other, is that the the saying? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Something like that, I don't know. Yeah, and they're just like, you know, just like, you know, it is kind of crazy, 40 rounds, but there's diamonds in a rough, just like, you know, how Tom Brady was a sixth rounder. You had Mike Piazza, which I think he was a, actually, I think he was like a, I think back when he was drafted, they actually went uh, longer than 40 rounds. Maybe you can confirm that. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Mike, Mike Piazza was the 13th, 190th player chosen in the 62nd round of the draft. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely you know I I, I kind of agree with you you know they kind of you know they kind of made it you know the reason why they cut the draft you know down to five rounds was because of COVID but I also think you know MLB has been kind of playing around with some rule changes and stuff I know on the field and I think this was also at least what I heard it was definitely one of those uh, changes they're experimenting off the field as well. Absolutely. And I could say as a fan of major league baseball, I really enjoyed this season. I felt like every game mattered. I, there was a long period of time where even though I knew they weren't going to make it, I felt like the pirates were still kind of in it. Um, a lot longer than I normally do in a season. (laughs) Um, the you see a lot of players having ridiculous seasons because it was so short they can keep their numbers up they can keep their focus a lot longer than a six month season or five month season like they normally do um yeah it 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 was it was really interesting especially seeing things like the dh and the nl and seeing the 16 team or eight team uh per uh league entrance into the playoffs which provided a really interesting bracket that we've never seen for the postseason before. It was it was kind of crazy. I mean it you really had was. you had the Astros who were mm-hmm. 29 and 31. Mm-hmm. They were one game from the World Series. It's yep. just I mean I mean that's I think that's personally I kind of you know it was, it was fun to watch, yep. you know. And as I know 
they came in as the sixth seed too. Like they were, they came in and they beat the number three seed. They beat the number two seed and they went up against the number one seed Tampa Bay and they went down three to nothing and they came yep. back and lost four to three. Like they, it, it was very, very close. Uh, they almost made it to the world series for the second time in two years, back to back world series. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, uh, Again, you know, I know a lot of the baseball purists probably are going to say this ruins, you know, this ruins the integrity of a game. I try, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, I kind of thought about that, you know, I kind of thought that same way. But then, as the season progressed, and then we saw what happened in the playoffs, I was like, you know what, you know, you know, more competition. I like it, you know. Just it just kind of you know goes to show you that, uh, you know, sometimes you know you might have, you know, especially during COVID, you know, you might not have. You might you might lose a lot of players like the Astros did, mm-hmm. which you know I guess you could kind of attribute it to a COVID, like Justin Verlander uh, blowing out his elbow, having to have Tommy John surgery, and I guess you could kind of attribute that to not having as much preparation time as they normally would, you know, doing a you know when you know during a base a normal baseball calendar year, mm-hmm. but at the same time, but you know, it, it's just it's point you know my, my main point here. You know, I liked it, and I hear that they're actually thinking about keeping this going on into the 2020-2021 season, uh, season as well. Absolutely, and I, there's a lot of these rules that I absolutely would be for. I really enjoyed the DH and the NL as much as I was a uh, huge proponent for it not being uh, changed over. I liked the idea of pitchers batting, but I'm, I, I really liked what I saw from the NL and the, the use of the DH. It was... Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun to look at a team and be like, oh, well, there's an out there or there isn't an out anymore, especially on a team like my Pirates, where I could see a um, I could see a, a player batting that, a pro- that would have had to sit on the bench that day, as opposed to a pitcher that I knew would be just another free out for the other team. So not that the rest of the lineup wouldn't have been a free out for the other team. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did, uh, did somebody say that out loud there? My bad. Um <laughs> Uh, the trade deadline was moved uh, back a month, but that was mainly because the season was moved back. Uh, the final three rounds of the postseason were played at neutral sites. Uh, Globe Life Park did the AL games and Petco Park. Uh, sorry, uh, Globe Life and Minute Maid did the uh, the National League play- playoffs, which is weird because those are fields that are associated with AL teams. Mm-hmm. It's and, like they, they inversed them. Yeah, I don't know. Petco Park and Dodger Stadium were chosen for the American League playoffs with the World Series being held at Globe Life, like I mentioned before. Um, yeah, uh, they they limited celebrations after like walk-off hits because, you know, social distancing and uh, pitchers weren't allowed to use uh, or they were allowed to use wet rags on the mound for the first time ever because a lot of times they figured that the, the water would give them extra spin but they had to keep them their hands clean and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of, like, if you're interested in a lot of the rules, I recommend going checking out Wikipedia. There's a ton of information there about it. They changed a lot of them. I'm hoping that they, uh, they keep some of the rules going forward. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see the, um, uh, the designated hitter stay. I'd like to see that uh, the rule of pitcher must face at least three batters unless the inning ends or the pitcher is in- or injured. Uh, I'd like to see that rule stay. I believe that's actually a permanent rule now. 
Um, I believe so. And yes. Then managers only have 20 seconds to challenge a play. Uh, that's been reduced from 30. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but um, the faster that these teams have to make a decision, the less we're sitting around waiting to go like, are they, aren't they, are they, aren't they? Like, it's like, oh, well, my team got away with one. So, um, <laughs> but uh, another thing that we need to mention about the, uh, the 2020 season is uh, players, um, players had the opportunity. And this is something that the, uh, the union fought for whenever they were starting the, um, uh, the season is, uh, players needed or were provided the opportunity to opt out for the season. Uh, they were provided the opportunity to opt out at any point during the season too. Um, uh, players could also opt back in, uh, which was another thing that was, uh, very interesting about this season. Uh, we had a, it wasn't a insignificant amount of players choose to opt out for the season. And we saw a lot of players, um, kind of use this season as a way to get a refresher before maybe the ends of their careers so that they could get a lot of injuries taken care of. Uh, and there's some big names on here too, like, uh, uh, Washington, uh, nationals catcher, uh, Wellington Castillo, uh, Yona Cespedes outfielder for the New York Mets. Um, a couple players that got injured uh, also used this as a way to opt out. Uh, Michael Kopech was dealing with some injuries for the Chicago White Sox. Um, he decided he's a young player. He was going to be uh, probably one of the main pieces of the White Sox rotation. Uh, he was dealing with a little bit of, uh, I think it was um, oblique problems. So he decided he was going to opt out uh, and just take the season. Uh, you have players like Mike Leake, Arizona starting pitcher, Francisco Lariano, relief pitcher. Uh, he opted out. Uh, Shelby Miller, Milwaukee starting pitcher, former Astros pitcher, Colin McHugh. He's now with Boston. He opted out. He was one of the first ones to opt out. Uh, Buster Posey, former MVP. Uh, David Price, former Cy Young winner. Uh, Andrelson Simmons, one of the best defensive players in the entire league for the Los Angeles Angels. And um, uh, former World Series champion Ryan Zimmerman, first baseman for the uh, for the Washington Nationals, uh, and then Marcus Stroman for the the the, Mar- the New York Mets. There's a couple other players here. Um, those lists are very easy to find. Uh, Major League Baseball provided them pretty early, uh, but it's very interesting to see that um, there were players that taken this uh, very seriously. Uh, the league took it very seriously, even though again we might we might run into a little bit of an issue with that going forward <laughs> in this conversation. Uh, I don't think that anyone was not taking it seriously. I think that some people just maybe uh, went into business for themselves to steal a old phrase from professional wrestling. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of stats here uh, for league leaders, and then we'll move on to uh, what we ran into with the season. Um your batting champion from the AL was DJ LeMahieu. Your home run leader was Luke Voigt. Both of these players for the uh, New York Yankees. Uh, Luke Voigt had 22 home runs in the 60 season or 60 game shortened season. That's crazy. Yep. Jose Abreu, who ended up being your uh, AL MVP, had 60 RBI, so he averaged an RBI a game, which is amazing. Uh, runs, your runs leader was Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. Tim Anderson with the Chicago White Sox. Jose Ramirez with the Cleveland Indians. Jose Abreu also led the league in hits with 76. And stolen bases was Alberto Mondesi from the uh, Kansas City Royals. He had 24 stolen bases in 60 games. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
in the National League. We saw Juan Soto, who um, is now 22 years old, if you guys are fans of watching the World Series. Uh, you noticed how many times that Joe Buck told us he was 21 years old during the uh, Astros-Nationals World Series. Uh, he led the league with a 351 batting average. Marcelo Zuna led the league in RBIs and home runs with 18 home runs and um, 56 RBIs for the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman, who is your NL MVP, led the league with 51 runs. Trey Turner, who is a shortstop for the Washington Nationals, uh, he led the league in hits with 78. And Trevor Story for the Colorado Rockies led the league with 16 or 15 stolen bases. Your uh, AL... Cy Young was Mr. Shane Bieber. I believe that's correct. It is. Okay, he was, you. yeah, I believe unanimously too. Yes. He w- he led the league with eight wins. Uh, also ERA of 1.63. And he had uh, 122 strikeouts in only 18 starts. That's amazing. That's, that's probably why he was the unanimous uh, Cy Young winner for the MLB this year. Um, <clears throat> in the NL... We had uh, Hugh Darvish led the league with eight wins for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Trevor Bauer for the Cincinnati Rays, or Cincinnati Rays, Cincinnati Reds was your uh, Cy Young winner. Uh, he held a 173, 1.73 ERA. Uh, and Jacob DeGrom from the uh, New York Mets led the NL with 104 strikeouts. Uh, I also want to mention that Brad Hand for the Cleveland Indians led the AL in saves. And Josh Hader led the uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers led the NL in saves. Brad Hand had 16, and Josh Hader had 13. Um, there's tons of other little records and milestones and things that happened during the NL or during the uh, the 2020 season. We saw two people throw no hitters pretty close to each other. August 25th and September 13th. Um, it was Lucas Giolito of the White Sox and Alex Mills of the Chicago Cubs. Um, Shane Bieber set the major league record for most strikeouts to start, uh, a, a season in two starts, uh, 27 strikeouts in two games, which is just insane. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays became the first team in major league history to lose a game in which they recorded at least 18 hits and seven home runs. Ooh. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also the San Diego, and this is one of the, my, my favorite stats of the whole year. The San Diego Padres became the first team in major league baseball to hit one grand slam in each of, or in four consecutive games. Slam Diego. Yep. And that's where they got the nickname. And also they did every single one of these against the Texas Rangers. So as Astro fans know, yeah, take that forced natural rival. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, a lot of the fun stats about the season. Uh, Devin Williams won the NL uh, Rookie of the Year. Kyle Lewis won the AL Rookie of the Year. Devin Williams is a relief pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. Kyle Lewis is an outfielder for the Seattle Mariners. Um, Kevin Cash won the AL Manager of the Year. Don Mattingly won the uh, for the Miami uh, Marlins, won the National League. And as I mentioned before, Freddie Freeman and Jose Abreu were your um, MVPs. There's all kinds of other gold glove awards. There's silver slugger awards, all that stuff's available to you. You can go check that out on your own time. Uh, but Justin, let's get into the meat and bones of the COVID season. All right. 
Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of problems with the way the MLB went about their COVID testing. Oh, yeah. You and wanna, I think... You want to touch on yeah. some of that for us? Yeah. I kind of already touched on this a little bit earlier. It, it's it's kind of like MLB had these protocols out there, but they were more strict on some than others. For example, batters, which I know... Well, one thing that was supposed to be have been banned for the season was players were not supposed to be allowed to spit. You know, if you have uh, sunflower seeds in your mouth or you tobacco or gum or anything like that, you weren't supposed to be allowed to spit. But, you know, throughout, you know, a lot of the games that I watched, you know, it seems like every other, you know, every other pitch, the batter would step out of the batter's box, which was also a rule that was not supposed to be violated. They, again, though, that, that one could be kind of attributed, I think, to trying to speed up the pace of the game which on the, you know, a little bit off topic, I'm not really, you know, that's not really something I'm really all for. You know, I personally think just let the game play out as it's supposed to be. But yeah, so those rules, you know, spitting and staying inside the batter's box, they were kind of lax on. But then again, uh, uh, and other ones, you know, in regards to being able to, you know, go out and leave your hotel and stuff, I guess this was more, uh, left up to the teams and stuff, but you know, some players, players did that. And, you know, again, they got sent, they got disciplined and sent home and, and in some cases they even got traded, but uh, yeah, that, that's probably my biggest. And then again, the whole, I feel like they don't, they didn't really have a, a huge grasp on uh, what to do. Like if these, like they didn't really plan out fully what, what to do if these games like if some of these games get canceled, because at one point, like like we talked about, uh, the Cardinals, yeah, the Cardinals missed like I think two two weeks worth of games or something like that, close to that, and it, it just kind of felt like MLB was like, oh, we'll just you know put it, we'll just reschedule it down the lo- down the road. We'll make them play a double header to the point where I think, uh, what what team is it? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think uh, I think it, there was one team that had to play like three. That had like three game, three double headers, in four days, which it, is insane. It was the Marlins. Marlins, and it was yes. like it, it was just insane. I know, you know, players don't like double headers. You know, um, uh, it's you funny know. you bring up double headers. Uh, the MLB instituted that double headers uh, this year would be only seven innings for the first game and nine for the second. Which That's is, right. Which is actually a uh, a rule change that I would like to see. Uh, as much as I love baseball, as much as I love the tradition and history of baseball, uh, I believe that a lot of baseball's rules are um, uh, antiquated and need to be revisited. And I think this is one of the ones that would make double headers a lot more enjoyable for fans as well as players. Um, because I know that I've been to a couple double headers in my life. And as much as I enjoy watching both of those games, they are very long games and you you're sitting around for a long time. But if I, oh, went, yeah. if I went for a day and I saw two games in the span of six hours and opposed to two games in the span of nine hours, I know that I would enjoy my time a lot more. Oh yeah. You know, I actually kind of like, I really like that rule as well. The seven, the whole seven inning, I almost actually kind of forgot about it, but mm-hmm. the seven, it also really changed how the game was played and did you also see where they major league baseball made it that separate point like if you throw a no hitter during one of these double headers it does not count as a no hitter mm-hmm. it's it's a little ridiculous and it's kind of funny though too uh, especially s- since they'd have to like put asterisks on things that really wouldn't need asterisks uh another, no. another thing that always that uh uh 
I need to point out here is as much as uh, we're talking about um, the way that these uh, these teams have gone about um, uh, positive COVID testings and whatnot, that there were a lot of situations where players run into ran into them a lot more than. Um, or not a lot more, but uh, they ran into them because of the lack of enforcement of these protocols. Uh, some of the protocols that were mentioned are um, batting cage or indoor batting cages are they were not prohibited, but they were strictly or they were um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, uh, sorry, I'm trying to find my my. I have all kinds of notes right now. Uh, they <laughs> sorry, they were discouraged. Uh, for mm-hmm. using indoor batting cages. That didn't mean that they didn't use indoor batting cages. So while a lot of people that came into these facilities, the stadiums, the, uh, the, the, the offices, everything like that, they may have been uh, tested like crazy, but if somebody gets through that testing or some, someone that's cleaning or something like that doesn't, or that is asymptomatic, uh, it's very hard to make sure that these players didn't necessarily have the least amount of contact points that were possible. Um, they the MLB strictly or did strictly limit all access to ballpark on game day, which was like close access to players, uh, and coaches and whatnot. And everyone needed to be wearing PPE until they got onto the field, which from everything that was reported was followed pretty, pretty handily. So good for the MLB on that. However, the MLB ran into a lot of people being, or because they weren't in a bubble and because they were not in, um, uh, like hermetically sealed areas, people that went to go get coffee in the morning were exposing themselves. People that went to a Walmart to grab a last minute mm-hmm. thing or the grocery store. These players were still allowed to live their lives outside of the, the MLB. So <clears throat> it's almost impossible to guarantee, excuse me for that. It's almost impossible to guarantee that players wouldn't uh, be able to be exposed at some point in time to somebody with it, considering how much travel they were doing. Um, it's not fair. It's not, it's not fun to, you know, attack these players as if they made some, um, they made mistakes or whatnot. Um, I do believe that the MLB had, uh, 86 players test positive over the course of the season, which when you think about how many players are in the MLB, that's not a ton, but it's a lot more than we saw in a lot of other, um, a lot of other uh, leagues. Uh, and one of the blaring ones that comes out to me a lot more than anybody else was the league MVP, Freddie Freeman was one of the first to test positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. And while he tested positive for COVID very early and was able to come back after uh, um, quarantining and um, being monitored and being tested and everything like that. Um, he came back and played some of the best baseball of his career. I, I mean, good on him. Uh, he did test positive at the very beginning of um, training camp. Um, however, there were a lot of players that did not return uh, after they tested positive. Uh, they tested positive later in the season. Um, we didn't see it rolled as Chapman. We saw him test positive on July 11th. He didn't come back for three weeks after that. He was back almost at the very end of the season. Um, and there were a couple other instances like that as well. So, you know, 
it, it is something that you can come back from. It is a disease that does affect people differently. You're looking at uh, peak performance athletes with high training regimens and some of the best medical professionals that they can get uh, running into this disease at a time where not everyone knew the best ways to handle it, especially early July. We were still developing protocols even with these teams figuring out exactly what they wanted um, or how they were going to handle it, uh, they were running into these this disease at a, at a very strange time. And it's incredible to see someone like uh, Freddie Freeman come back from, uh, from a COVID-19 diagnosis and still be able to put up the numbers that he did to win an MVP. Yes, it, it's it's really insane. I believe he was really. Uh, I believe when he, uh, he talked about it, he very was sick. very sick. Yeah, yes, I got had like a hundred and two, hundred and three fever, and then, whew, it, it did not look good for him. And then for him to come back and win the MVP, even in a shortened season, it you know I think it's even more impressive. Absolutely, and um, it's we're not saying that. Uh, when I was mentioning that these players are peak athletes and whatnot, that doesn't mean that just because they work out means that they're going to be safer from the disease or at all. Like Justin just said, Freddie Freeman was 102 fever. He was having trouble breathing. He couldn't taste or smell. Like he was exhibiting all the symptoms. He was in immense body soreness and pain at all times. When he was interviewed after he came back, he said that it was not good. He was worried at certain times. So, when you have someone that is playing a professional sport at that level, at that level of uh, fitness saying that this is not something to be uh, to take. So this is something to take very seriously. I, you should probably listen to him. Um, but yeah, so Freddie Freeman did come back. We saw a rash of cases with the uh, teams like the St. Louis Cardinals, the Miami Marlins, the Philadelphia Phillies had a, uh, they had some games postponed because of it. Um, we saw 86 different players test positive, um, all the way through the end of the season. Um, they did have quite a few stretches of players not testing positive. Um, uh, in September on September 11th, uh, they had a 12 day consecutive streak, which was their, uh, their highest, um, which in which they also had 20 of 21 days where they did not see one case um, from September until the end of the season. They had 47 days without a test or without a positive test, which is probably their best uh, stretch during the whole season. Um, one out of uh, almost 12,000 samples uh, was a new positive on September 11th. Uh, these are the earliest they're the closest numbers we have. Um, so like that's that's a good rate considering how many different players are on these teams, but as we said before, the MLB felt like they were uh, a little lax on some of these uh, these protocols, and even though that some of these players were uh, or some of these teams were um, punished with fines or um, uh, for that no one forfeited draft picks, no one had to uh, forfeit wins or anything like that. The league was very lax on uh, administering discipline for teams that weren't taking it seriously, uh, which is not what you want to see from a league. Um, 
while the NBA had no positive tests, so there's no comparison there. The NHL had no positive tests, so there's no comparison there. The NFL has had some uh, some positive tests, and while we've seen some fines there as well, uh, we haven't seen any major discipline handed out in the NFL as well, which is disappointing considering how you would like to see these leagues take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way to kind of enforce... Um, enforce a mandate on a professional sports league is to have serious discipline, which affects the team's outcome for the next couple years. Uh, then teams seem to take these, uh, these threats more seriously. Um, but with that being said, I mean, I, I'm glad they were able to finish a season. Every team got all the games in no one, uh, no one passed away in the league due to, um, a COVID infection. Um, they did limit them to a very small number of positives out of a very large number of tests, relatively speaking, um, considering all the players that even tested positive were tested again after they recovered, they didn't receive it again. Um, so all in all, I feel like the MLB did a mediocre to good job at handling this for the yeah. uh, the 2020 season. I would have liked to see seen more uh, emphasis put on it, uh, especially considering they were allowing um, uh, travel during this, which is another difficult uh, part or another difficult uh, excuse me, another difficult part that you necessarily didn't see in the bubble team locations. Um, but like I said, all in all, considering how what they got done and what was accomplished and the lack of any serious or deathly contractions of the case or of the the uh the pandemic i would feel that they did okay but like i said you can't you can't really hold um someone not dying against them like they still contracted the disease this is that is on the mlb for having the league uh even if you have the players closely watched or give them guidelines, they are still going to live their lives. So you need to have protocols in place to make sure that if somebody does contract that they are not conti- or, uh, adding it to their the rest of their team. Oh yeah, def- definitely. It's a, it's very, you know, again, like I kind of agree with you, you know, I think they did a, you know, they did okay. I know mediocre to okay, I guess. Uh, like I said, they were a little bit more lax in some of the, some of the rules than they should have probably been, and then they enforced, you know, then some of the other rules that they enforced. But um, yeah, and especially I think they also did a very good job. I think you know when they went to the bu- I guess you could call it a, a bubble when they uh, had all the playoff games played in the neutral site. I think there wasn't really any you know no issues there until well there were some po- there there were some tests. Or some positive tests, but you know, it, it, they weren't they were handled properly. They were handled correctly. Well, until the Justin Turner situation. I, I was just going to get to that. Actually, my uh, my next point was everything seemed to be going a lot better for the Major League Baseball until literally, literally the last game of the World Series. Once the Dodgers won, uh, the Dodgers failed to mention before the game that player Justin Turner had a positive test. Uh, going into the game, yet he was still allowed to play the game and was able to celebrate with his teammates after the game. 
So you had a known carrier of the disease hugging and walking around and breathing around other players. And there are images of him celebrating, not wearing a mask. And, uh, luckily, luckily for everyone involved, he did not transmit any known cases to anyone. I feel like that was a gross mishandling of the protocol. I feel like the Dodgers should have been, um, disciplined post world series. I don't feel like it necessarily or positively affected the, um, the outcome of the world series. I still feel the Dodgers were going to win it. Um, However, in that final game of the World Series, Justin Turner did hit a home run, I believe. Am I correct? Uh, I don't. Let me, he, let me pull up my notes here real quick. I, I, rem, I remember he hit a, a long fly ball, but it was caught at the wall. Um, did so, he? And I remember I was watching that with my family. And then after, you know, afterwards, I said, uh, you know, after we found out the whole Justin Turner, you know, the news broke. And I was like, just imagine if that ball had gone over the fence and that would have been the winning run. You know, can you imagine the outrage, you know, how in the, in the backlash Major League Baseball would have gotten from, you know, if that had been the case? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. He had a positive test and then he was removed in the eighth inning due to the mm-hmm. positive test. So that's why. You, and then he was allowed to come out during the... Um, uh, the champion or the celebrating it, mm-hmm. it completely violated the uh, MLB protocols. And he was the first player to test positive because the players went into a bubble during the postseason. So um, then the major league baseball announced that Turner would be under investigation. However, on November 6th, Turner apologized for the incident and avoided further punishment from the MLB. In my opinion, I don't feel like Justin Turner should have been uh, punished. I mean, I feel as if he should have had to apologize, but I feel as if the Dodgers should have been punished for allowing him to come back out. Um, that's just my opinion. I'm, you know, I, I don't make any of these decisions. Um, and again, I point... I point to this because in regards to how teams take these threats from league seriously, you have to impose punishments to teams that are more than just, Oh, here's, here's a wad of cash. <laughs> so anyway, that pretty much handles all of the 2020 MLB season in a whole. We went through a majority of the uh, the COVID tests. We went through uh, the the stats. We went through how and what they did to go back into uh, the league. We've gone through standard protocol for all that. Uh, I would like to point out one more thing that the uh, the 2020 Major League Baseball season is actually scheduled to begin on April 1st and end on October 3rd. So the currently the MLB is planning for a full 2021 Major League Baseball season uh, to be played as scheduled as normal with no uh, adjustments other than travel restrictions and COVID protocols being in place. They are expected to play baseball as if we've been seeing it for the last 150 to 170 years. So be excited about that. Uh, baseball is going to be back for normal. Uh, it's, it's not going to feel like a shortened season. Nothing's going to feel like a rush. They may still be playing without fans in stadiums. They may still be playing 
with wearing masks, but baseball will be back. Um, and with that being said, we'll be back. So that's going to do it for uh, the MLB episode of Bubble Team. I know we went a little longer than normal here. Sorry about that, guys. This episode's around an hour. Um, but MLB is a little bit different of a situation than a lot of the other uh, leagues. And like I said beforehand, I, I was very interested and very excited to talk about baseball. Uh, we might get into a little bit more of a discussion because I know Justin's a big football fan when we do the NFL league. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Get ready. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, I really want to thank you guys for joining us here today. If you have any questions or you want to make a statement or you just want to say hey to us, make sure to go find us on Twitter at Bubble Team Pod. And if you have any questions, uh, email us at bubbleteampod at gmail.com. We'd be glad to answer you uh, anything there. If you have any anything you want to share with us or send to us, please let us know. We'd be glad to talk with you about it. And uh, I'm just I'm so excited and happy that you guys are here. Uh, this wouldn't be possible without our fans, without the people listening to the podcast. And um, I, I know that I'm having a lot of fun doing this. What about you, Justin? Oh, yeah. I'm really, really enjoying this as well. Awesome. And I'm getting and I, when I, you know, you thought I was joking. I said when we were talking about, you know, how I'm probably going to, you know, when we're talking about the NFL and I said, get ready, you better get ready. <laughs> I've, I've seen Justin's <laughs> notebook. It's filled. It's crazy. <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, so uh, for everyone here at Bubble Team, I'm Jake Whitco. And I'm Justin Blum. And uh, we want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a good night.